I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Diminishing the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind in the business Got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the rent room What's up y'all, it's your boy Hilliard Guest And you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room We keep it real we keep it opinionated. We keep it what, Chris? 2023. Yeah. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. You hear his voice, Chris Derrick in the building, out here chewing his butt off with them damn red vines all in the mic. You, you, have, him on the, you have him on the damn table. What am I supposed <laughs> to do? What am I supposed to do? Um, What's happening? How you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm 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 in this. I have I have to turn in two different feature rewrites on Tuesday. Oh, that sounds like a problem. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot. Um, but I was reading someone's script, <clears throat> and it's a new writer, and I just wanted to kind of like get into something about a craft thing that I find I see a lot in new writers. Mm-hmm. In terms of like, they don't know what a scene is, right? They don't know that a scene has to have like these elements of like, you know, it, it's 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 not just people talking. Mm-hmm. It's like the talking all has to have intention and purpose. Right. And, so, and, it, and I mean, and it should be designed where the person who's seen it is has a goal in the scene, and the person and the, the person or people who are who's not seen it is are obstacles to that goal. You know, and that usually comes across. I mean, and and it could come across physically, or it could come across with dialogue. Mm-hmm. But you got to have that to have that, <clears throat> con- that. So there's inherent conflict in every scene, and it also has to be moving the plot while you're having it. So that's how you kind of like you know like do your checklist on on, on the scene. And sure. if you're really good, you like are revealing character too in what people are saying, how they're behaving, things like that. Because yep. I'm reading this girl's script right now, and it's like. Every scene is like, is there? Okay, cool. You got to see. You got people. You got stuff going on, but it's not. It's not moving the story forward. And so I'm I think not, there's no tension. There's too. no tension in it, yeah. you know. And 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 like the biggest thing about this is, besides making the read work, like okay, this I know, you know, because if you have a scene that doesn't really like conflict or anything like that, no purpose, mm-hmm. it's the first thing that's gonna go, you know, like in the editing, you know, sure. or if you're. Uh, when you're editing it by yourself, or if you or if you happen to shoot it, that's the first thing that's going to get yanked. Because and then that's wasted time. You wasted yeah. money. But the thing is, is that <clears throat> when those scenes pop up, if you are shooting it, the actors are going to ask the director, uh, "What's this scene about?" Mm-hmm. And if the if director can't figure it out because the writer didn't write it didn't write what the scene like like what's the objective of people in the scene then the actress can't really act the scene so it's it's this whole thing like you know i'm not just saying hey you gotta have this conflict it's like it's the conflict is designed so the actors know how to to do the scene the right way and then it makes it easier for the director to figure out how am i going to block it how am i going to shoot it and then how it's going to be edited 
So it's it's very important for people to understand just that basic thing. Like that's how a scene works. What you got to say, yeah. Ron? Ron McCants in the building, writer producer himself. What's happening? Oh, nothing. I'm excited <clears throat> to be here. Yeah. Yeah. You want me to comment on yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. When we're thinking about scenes and um and, and emerging writers, I think a lot of times people don't remember that you know a story has a beginning, middle, and end, and whether or not it's a scene where you're coming into the middle of the conversation you know something happened before and what i've often found is that when looking at you know earlier career writers um a lot of times there's no rising action there's mm -hmm. no climax that is e either in that scene or implied to push us to the next scene right where or there's an arrow so i definitely think that what you're saying is right where there's conflict there's tension but a lot of times i think um people have to remember that you know, um, it's it's dramatic writing, mm -hmm. right? So there are goals, there are obstacles, there are stakes, there's conflict that needs to be present not only in the script, right, and in the character arc and all that stuff, but also in every single one of those scenes, right? Um, and what it doesn't matter where you come in or where you go out of that scene, all that those elements need to be there, and that's the structure part, right? So when we're talking about craft. We're also talking about structure. We're talking about not just stuff that's Huge. interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we're talking about things that have been, you know, that were crafted 2,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? On uh, the basic, you know. Basic drama. Well, basic see, drama. So, so you said something really interesting about the arrow, right? Like what's driving. It's, it's a scene's either going up or scene's going down for your character. Okay. Rise think, and fall. Yeah, the rise and yeah. fall. I think that <clears throat> the thing that's interesting, what you said too, Ron, is about like, you know, come in you know like you, you have to come in late as possible like in the scene so you're not just having people talking right. like the thing that you got to remember like in terms of like actors the thing that like when actors are figuring out how to do a scene they're looking for the pivot where there's that moment in the dialogue where somebody says something some piece of there's 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 a piece of news delivered by somebody in the scene that causes a revelation mm -hmm. and the and you know and so you, and and the actors are preparing to drive to that moment and then they hit it and then they turn about like okay so maybe something i didn't know so okay so now i know and now i can get out of the scene a certain way or i'm told something that's like it you know there, there's some information that you know th that confirms what i was thinking and then i go out like another way but it's always like that moment that you i mean if you think if you look at any scene and break it down and read it and go there's a line that changes everything you know there's there's one of the things i was thinking about was there's you set up a scene and you ever notice sometimes you have two characters right the one character starts in they come in demanding something the other character is like whoa and we think when we're reading it that this person is going to win because he came in demanding something. But if you're smart, like you were saying, when you have those tools, you know the other character is holding information. Right. They have mm -hmm. a secret. Right. Mm -hmm. That they may reveal. Or may not. To go, you sure you want to go this way? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's usually what's missing. Is that's the information. They that's don't, the news. Right. They don't layer it in in the character having more they just think oh well this is based on something my mom said my mom said these words it's right. like mm -hmm. what's the underlayer of that the, though yeah, yeah because, subtext. because yes. the thing that you said is that the person who storms in you think that person is going to win the scene right. you have to always figure out who's going to win the scene yeah you know is the person who storms in a person at the desk 
Now you might now the person that you storms in like could be your lead character, mm-hmm. and you want him or her to win the scene because they need to get the information. Right. But the scene is maybe more better for the story, more dramatic if they lose the scene. Facts. Then they're like, "Fuck," you know. Well, then I I could. Well, that's the point that the obstacle is is not overcome, and then they got to go out and figure out again yeah. because that's the thing too. You got to decide, you know, this the whole thing about like. Why is this scene happening now in the mm-hmm. story? Because it's like, okay, if I get certain information, I go one way. If I get certain information, I go another way. What's what's dramatically best? Right. You know. Mm-hmm. We were we were talking last week, uh, Ron, about pitching, <clears throat> and I was talking about one of my favorite things that I love, and when it, when it comes to pitching, is when I get to after I set up, you know, the world and the theme and all that other stuff like that, and the, what it's all about. I'll jump into. Now let me hit you with. The teaser we open like this mm-hmm. boom but in my teaser i like to set you up with actually the inciting incident mm-hmm. so i'm not always going exactly like this is how the whole show opens it's like here's the moment where the character has to do this mm-hmm. so you know what my through line is going to be about right? i like that yeah and and what i found is now i've drew, drawn you in you know what the engine is mm-hmm. based off of that as opposed to me having to be clear and explained, and now that we get to the theme, now we get to the engine, now we, I'm just talking through the story, and you automatically click, and that's what it is. When you know I, I mean? I'm pitching and I say, here's a teaser, a lot of times what I'm doing is I say, this is not, this is a teaser for the show, not the pilot, mm-hmm. right? Because the inciting incident, although it's really important, you know, I want the people who are going to decide whether or not they want to work with me to understand where we're going to, right? right? Um, and it's like, you know, it's a, it's just a teaser for like maybe it comes in to season three, but I want them to kind of get a sense of like why this world is cool, why these characters are cool, what we're driving to, you know. And then sometimes when I'm talking about the pilot, you know, and that part of the pitch, which you know, it's like about ten minutes in, fifteen minutes in, something like that, and like you either made the sale or you hadn't any by that by then. <laughs> uh, you that's when I kind of talk about like well, this pilot starts. You know, because of this, and here are some key moments. But I think what you're saying, like, if you, long as you can land it somewhere in that 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 meeting, I think you're doing your job, and I think it it does propel their interest to know, you know, how the thing gets started. Yeah, because and we were talking about this last week also about when you get to that pilot. One of the problems people have is they just beat it all out, mm-hmm. and it's every single beat, and they make a left, and they do the right, and they and they drive the car, and they get there, and it's like no, no, no. Do that's that. not that's don't not do that. that's do not that what ever. you want to do and and so so what i have found is sometimes if you do do your opening teaser as it is in your pilot for me that's the one time i don't mind you saying we make a left we make a right we make a left only if it's thought of in a teaser way it's in two minutes mm-hmm. it's like we open like this boom we come in on a crash this happens this happens this happens. you know what i mean i don't mind that because now you're drawing me in tone wise you know, to what's going on. But if you just are lollygagging mm-hmm. with, and then we meet this person and they look like this. And she ties her shoes. So, no, you're, see, I, see, now I saw my read the pilot recently. I was like, they wrote on the script, some, some of the opening pages, right. so-and-so ties their shoes. That's Damn. unnecessary. <laughs> is there, is there activity, a reason yeah. behind it? No, because they're just, just trying to write to fill out the page to think I got to show everything. Uh, they're trying happen. to give her some business. I'm just kind of like, yeah. you don't need to do that. Yeah. You don't need to do mm-hmm. that, you know? Anyway. And, and I think it depends on what you're selling too, because sometimes that teaser that you in your pilot is not as compelling as what the show is, yeah, right? So it, it, like it's 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 
colder or it's it's not as hot right so i think it really does depend what you're selling so if it's like a high concept like we're like we open up on this there's this war you know what i mean and we're seeing like ninjas and stuff like that yeah open it up like that because it's cool it's showing me you know you're selling me the world you're selling me characters i'm interested in it Mm -hmm. but if it's like you know two people rapping and you know (laughs) one person loses a competition (laughs) or whatever whatever i'm like i don't care about that you know tell me where they're going you know um like you know so i think it does depend on the situation you know when you're selling and i think when it comes to pitching and you're talking about the pilot like by the time you get to the pilot like people aren't really listening that hard that 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 intensely or intently you know um and you kind of want to just give the gist of it you know what i mean um because like you're selling a show you're not selling a pilot right right? and a lot of times what i've witnessed you know because i do a lot of teaching and mentorship with other people because i just want to help us all rise um what I've found is that most people, how they approach selling anything or writing anything, they're not thinking about the whole show, mm-hmm. right? And so they, they immediately have this really cool idea. And so they're like, Ron, Ron, like, you know, like I see see the teaser being like this, act one being like this, two, three. And I'm like, but what's your show? You know what I mean? Um, take a step back. You can write the show, whenever, the, the, the pilot whenever, in six weeks or whatever. But why don't you write like a, a Bible or a series document to tell me everything you're thinking about what are like what's so interesting and what are you passionate about because if this goes you know to series or something like that for the next five years or maybe longer than that mm-hmm. depending how it goes like you got to be talking about this like for day five day. years yeah, yeah, you know for, what I mean? yeah. And like what if what if you are just not that interested you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so you waste all your time writing this cool pilot right um but like at the end of the day you don't have anything more to say, right? You know, so that's one of the things we were we were talking about at the end of the last episode. Is I said, you know, what we need to do we need to do an episode on format. Maybe we bring you back for that. Oh yeah, <clears throat> on sure. the form in the the format that you need once you sell the show. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that that Bible and that format are two different, yeah. Two, yeah. two different things. It is. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but that kind of goes into that world that they don't quite understand. They have to know a lot of information, but there's also wiggle room. Mm-hmm. within that mm-hmm. you know I, I was telling them <clears throat> as you know we both have this very similar position over at bmp where you listen to so many pitches and i've heard hundreds of them even before i got there there's there's been a thing where what i figured out that when you listen to certain pitches there are certain things you find you're drawn to and certain things you automatically go eh, i mm-hmm. don't even i don't even need right. to hear this part right here Chris talks a lot about performance, which is one thing people, most writers don't even think about. They forget that when they simply go to a movie and come out and tell their friend about a movie the next day, they're actually performing. That's right. They forget that they can. You know what I'm saying? And they're very excited. Here's the thing. Everybody can can show excitement about anything. You know? I mean, and and if you have any passion at all, then it comes through. You have to you you have to turn that on when you're t- telling someone about your story. Yeah. But it is just it's I mean because like it's like you said Ron it's like 3 5 years are spent on this idea that you come up with. You better you better be loving it. Right. You know, you better be and things. sometimes you're developing for three or five, five years, years before it even goes. You know well, what I mean? see, so. well, no, but see, yes, <laughs> that's what I'm saying, right? Yeah, no, because so it's it might like, be eight years you're yeah, focused on yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah. You hear about all this kind of shit. It's crazy. So, uh, welcome to the show, Ron. Well, we thank appreciate you. having Just you. Having oh, one thing, I just want to say, Ron's one of my favorite people. 
Oh, that's good. Aww. I'm excited to have Ron's him. Ron's dope. I'm, I'm Everybody excited. I know loves him. You're one of my favorite people all, too, Chris. I'm excited to have him <laughs> on the show because he's just like, look, he's been a great friend. He's a great fucking, fucking great writer. Um, Thank you. And he's also like, uh, he's one of the smartest people I know. He's one which of the well, thing I like. It, well, I, look, I appreciate that. Well, no, it's not that you're smart. You have no. A, he's smart. No, I said that. I said it's not just that he's smart. It's that he has a strategic mind. That's true. Which is what I love. Yes. You know, I love that. Y'all are so kind. I call Ron all the time. I'm like, dude, what, what do I need to do about this? He's and like, I call him about my credit. Like, he's how like, do I improve my credit? Like, <laughs> he's like, let me do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, and then you're done. You get out of here. You're good. And I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks. So, yeah. I appreciate that. From the moment I, I met Chris, because we, met, we met in uh, Peter Lee's apartment, and yes. he sat on the couch, and I was, and I, uh, he just had great feedback on everybody's thing. He was just so excited about everybody. And, it, and like, I don't know. Because you guys have like, been in a writer's group for a long time. Time, right yeah, yeah. it's yeah. the writer's group still going on yeah. you know even through the pandemic but i think right now people are like you know yeah. we i feel like we need to meet, go back like to in person yeah, yeah i was like yeah. i can't do this anymore uh, I mean, it's, like, no. it's killing uh, no. me you know yeah. i'd rather make the drive you know because i live in orange county so right. yeah and hilliard i've known you since i joined the guild which is I think 2017, 2018, 2017, I think it okay, was, right. you know, um, and you're just involved in everything and been like a, a, a North star for like how to stay involved and in helping others. And it's just been great and yeah. hustling. Yes. You, yeah. Every day. You we know, hustle. Yeah. I love hustling, <laughs> hustlers. Like, yeah. Cause you, there's a way to survive in this industry and you got to be able to do it, you know, and be smart and be business minded. And I think it's so sad when people don't see themselves as small business owners here because, whether you're a writer, director, editor, whatever you like, you are a small business owner, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and there's so many programs out there from SBA to just like having the right accountant, right, having the right financial <laughs> advisor, all that yeah, stuff that sure. helps you continue your career here. Because right. there are ups and downs for everybody. Yeah. I don't care how much money you make, ups and downs. And so if you are not using your resources. You said it like somebody who just bought a house and I, I did buy a house, but bro, I, I'm like I'm hustling to figure out like because I'm like I don't know if I'm going to get another job anytime exactly. soon, so let me figure out like how to shuffle some stuff. I know rich people, you know, and I call myself rich, but um, <laughs> they get, but they it's like shuffle this debt right quick. Oh, yeah. actually, if I need to survive, buy more of this. You know what I mean? Because then I can, I don't got money to pay my taxes. Let me get these solar panels. Exactly. I'm gonna do this because I got credit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a way to do it. You know. You're it's a big way to do it. It's a huge way to do a lot of you, shit, you know, that people don't think about. You can't about, be so. scared, though. You got to be like, I'm just doing this shit, you know, mm -hmm. and be smart. Have, like, plan A, B, C, D, E, and F. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ron, tell the kids. I call the audience the kids. Where, where are you from? How'd you get into the game? Where I'm from? Um, I'm from the Midwest. I, uh, I say Springfield, Missouri, but I'm really from Haytai, Missouri, the boot heel. Um, How far is that from Springfield? Uh, about six hours. It's oh. an impoverished place. Uh, that's where most of my family's at. It's uh, it's a it's considered really the south. and shit out there. I remember seeing that in your bio somewhere. I was like, oh, he in the hood. Uh, yeah, it's crazy <laughs> out there because it's 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 um it was a it's it was it's farmland right mm -hmm. but it's there are very few places like this where it's um rural it's um the, the town is split you know black and white still you know um and that's where i'm from you know uh and uh, I, those are the people I think about all the time because, you know, the poverty and mm -hmm. the the inability to exercise free will really bothers me because they're they're stuck, right? Not and really. so, um, I did live there. That's that's what I call a home. But mm -hmm. uh, from Missouri, I went to school in New Hampshire. 
I did engineering sciences. Um, that was my major, and I wasn't that good of a writer. Actually, <laughs> I went I went to school, and then um, I was in like you know honors molecular cell biology because math and science, anything like that, like give it to me, give me the textbook, I will figure it out. I will mm. solve the world and solve cancer. <laughs> but I was in this remedial writing class, and at the very bottom of that, so I was effectively the worst writing student really? at Dartmouth. That's yes, hilarious. the very, very bottom. <laughs> and so I took, I, like, I rise from the rose from the bottom to the top mm. of that class, and I said, you know what, I got to take a writing course every term at this school. That, that was my commitment because it was like the hardest thing for me, mm-hmm. you know. And I just kind of found myself in this playwriting class, and I had a good reading of a play. I said the world is really making sense now. Like people aren't lying. That's called subtext. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? And I said, I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life. My professor, Joe, he was like, no, you just had a good reading. And I was like, I'll prove you wrong. And he made sure I got an A minus in playwriting too. He made sure like, it was like one of those things, but, um, but, the, but cut a long story short, I worked on wall street, did biotech, did all kinds of stuff before going to graduate school in UC San, at, at UC San Diego, mm-hmm. where I met my wife. Um, and, and it, now, did you meet Myers there too? I met, yeah, I met uh, David. He, I was in my third year, um, and David Myers came in. Um, and David's a guy in our writers group, mm-hmm. um, and he, he works at Blue Monday now. Um, but yeah, like Screen David came in on Cross. Yeah, he's super dope. He is super dope, and he's he's one of the smartest people I know. Like when mm. I, like I I'm like he went to Brown, I went to Dartmouth, but like I'm like you're really smart. Like <laughs> I don't know what these words mean, you know. Uh, he's like a walking dictionary <clears throat> right. from Houston, Texas, you know. Um, but yeah, like I, it, but cut a long story short, I went there UC San Diego, um, and after that I moved up to LA. Playwright in residence at Center Theater Group, and then realized that there's no money in playwriting, and I was like, I got to do TV and film. Um, and by that time, I had two pilots produced, but they're for children's television, and I was like, I don't really want to do that. So it was hard to make the transition to writing what I wanted to. Right. Uh, and so I got you had to, to reinvent yourself again, essentially. And mm-hmm. I have been writing like you know all kinds of stuff. I didn't really have a brand. Um, I was just like. The type of person I am, I was like, I want to know how to write anything. So I did comedies, sci-fi, dramas, crime, whatever it is. I was like, I always set. I made, I wrote six things a year, and I still kind of do that six to eight things. Um, because y'all I, hear them numbers? Mm-hmm. You can see, you can see my like computer when people are like all my pilots. Are, I'm like, yeah, like I wrote all these things, and then sometimes I revise it, and I'm mm-hmm. like, because because there's an opportunity. My agent's like, oh, well, do you even have anything sci-fi? And I was like, yeah, I got that. And so like, I was like, give me the weekend. I'll revise, make it sound like me now. And I'm like, you know, there are some quirks to it because I wrote it 10 years ago, but it still works. Sometimes they still have legs. I was like, this Joker has legs. I just make it, I tweak it. I know some things that make it better. And then boom, I bet you I get a job off of it. You know what I mean? Um, So there's a, there's a, I'm glad I did what I did and I still do what I do, but now my focus is mostly crime and family soap and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But um, I got into the Disney ABC writing program. Huh? That's the Nick you wrote, the Speck of the Nick. The Speck of the Nick, and I did a uh, medical drama called Doctor God that got oh, me into. Yeah, it's a really good pilot. It's yeah. a really good pilot. Thank you. It got me into the Disney program, mm-hmm. and then what ended up happening there? I ended up writing, getting onto a comedy. Right, so I'm in as a oh, drama really? writer, and again, like the way the Disney program worked at the time was. Once you're in the program, they try to get you onto a show by introducing you to right. the showrunners for the shows they got uh, greenlit, right? And those are the most of the opportunities are coming from there. But all, there weren't that many dramas, and mm-hmm. uh, and that got picked up. 
especially right. the ones that I met on that they really liked me. And so I was like, we're screwed. You know, they're like, Ron, Ron, we'll figure it out, free form, whatever, whatever, but you might have to wait till October. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm funny. I used to do stand up. <laughs> I was like, there is a comedy here and it's about this kid who has cerebral palsy. Like, come on, I love that pilot this that, and the other and I, they were like well do you even have a comedy i was like yeah i got here's a screenplay that's a comedy here is a uh multi-cam here is a single cam okay. you know what i mean i had all my things mm-hmm. and the guy read um scott Silvery read like a uh screenplay and he read um my two strikes which was a uh, multi-cam mm-hmm. and i had realized that <clears throat> um in comedy specifically um it would be more advantageous not to include race um and so even though i imagine the characters as black or whatever i was like i don't need that to try to get this job so when i met with scott <laughs> he was very pleased to see this black kid not a kid that's a I'm smart like, move yeah I've done, was, a ver- I've done a version of that before yeah i was like oh, okay i know how y'all do yeah no um and so um he was excited to meet me because i mean i had made it through and he really liked the scripts mm-hmm. and he was just pleasantly surprised you know what i mean and so it was a done deal like the moment i knew i knew i had the job yeah. right and so um like that's that's why i advocate for people like you don't know how you're going to get your first thing but you need to you're a writer you need to be able to write everything you know what i mean because that's what you're hired to do you know what i mean and so why limit yourself let me right? let me just interject if you don't mind yeah what i found it sounds like we have i used to do three or four projects a year now before i worked at with ben it was like five or six it just mm-hmm. went up like crazy what happened was because i come from the indie world i was you know you know sometimes you're hired to do all kind of crazy shit mm-hmm. so you have to be able what i found was my themes that i write which is one of the things ben likes about me is i run under- underdog stories but i do them in the murder death kill world mm-hmm. so it's whatever is in that world i find a way to figure out so if I go into pitch on something, I come in and go, oh, it's from this point of view. Mm-hmm. It's the underdog who does this. Mm-hmm. What about if we did that? You know what I mean? So I'm always figuring that out for me. So even though I have 40-something scripts, I'm always figuring out a way to, if you look at any, you just pull up anywhere and you see the underdog, any mm-hmm. one of them. You know what I mean? So I'm just curious about, did you did you find that crime thing later or were you writing no, about always, a certain uh, The thing first before? thing I ever wrote was uh, my grandpa's big, big fat black funeral. Because uh, my da- my grandpa was a a, a pimp and a mm-hmm. drug dealer and the biggest drug dealer in the South, right? Uh, and he would shoot you, he'd beat you, not only kids or my grandma, whatever, like anybody, yeah. you know. Um, he'll hit you in the head with his gun. Sound like Miss Pat's. Friend. Yeah, he's crazy. He beat me once with a, a fan belt that he cut off his Cadillac. Yeah. It was terrible. I had a scar for years, mm. but that's the kind of man he was. You know what I mean? But mm. um, that's the kind of man I. That's, am. No kidding. That's love. <laughs> you know. Um, so, but I wrote it about like that and like his funeral and whatever. So it's a, a crime is always been Mm -hmm. a part of what i write wrote and family you know but i realized i needed like in order to uh kind of reflect the world that we live in and have opportunities i needed to be able to write other things and i wanted to try my hand at a lot of different things you know um and so that's what i did but i always have written about crime and family um and in this industry it's important to decide like especially when you're emerging to determine how best to position yourself. So right. although I write, write comedies and whatever <laughs> I can, you know, I tell people I am a drama writer, you know what I mean? And I write mostly with, with crime humor. and family. <laughs> and there is some humor, right. you know what I mean? But I'm very specific about that. So 
you know, um, if they decide to get to know me, right, and decide like the guy I met um, this past week, a producer who mm-hmm. was started as a, off as an assistant and now is running a company and wants to work with me on a number of different things. He's like, send me everything. Yeah, right. I'll send you everything. You know what I mean? That I think is a, appropriate for your company. You know, um, but like he, we we have a relationship that's ten years old, so yeah. it doesn't matter what I write necessarily. We're gonna write the coolest thing. But mm-hmm. when I'm meeting someone new, you know what I mean? And I have to think about how do they sell me? How do they sell me up? You know, and the more specific I am, you know, I have to make the call, yeah. right? Even if like I, I, even if I don't know all the, all the things at their company that they're looking for, I have to kind of like make the judgment call in that meeting of how I'm going to position myself as a writer right. to them to serve like their company, you know. And so sometimes it's like, you know, sometimes I can go in, uh, yeah, I'm a crime and family thing, but sometimes I'm like, I really love messy soaps. You know what Depends I mean? Depends on what, yeah. where you go to, right? It's called a hustle, yeah. yeah. Like, I got to figure no, what's, out. What's, yeah, what's well, their mandate? Well, yeah. What's their mandate? Like, what are they into? What do they want to do that maybe they don't say they... It's not like... It's not, you know, like, the thing I say all the time is people want to do the projects that they've been thinking about yeah. and just haven't written right. or whatever it is. And, yep. and if you can kind of like somehow like, you know, like cross those streams... You have a have a higher chance of getting you know a job or getting a project going or, right. or whatever it is, you know and 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 part of what you're saying, Ron, is that it's like this. Is what I love is that there's the hustle and like the strategy of like how do I make this you know work the best for me, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and it's not stuff because you're like, look, I'm telling. And the thing is, is that. You can't lie about what you can do because because it's gonna come out quickly. Yep. You know, you, oh, you said you're a comedy, but you're, you're not funny at fucking all. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's gonna come out fast. So you have to like be able to like speak about your skill set. But but it's all about you know like how do you pitch it to like pitchers pitching yourself is so crucial to everything because everybody knows fifty people who. Are writers they all, that they love blah blah blah, but it's like, what is the specific you know like the line you're gonna say or whatever it is that's gonna like make them go yes I want to hire Ron on this because he said this and the thing I mean and, and part of what you said is great is about like how do you sell you know like like to be sold up because with everything you meet someone who has to talk to a boss you know yeah. it just it's everybody but you meet you know, like like for instance. If you meet J.J. Abrams, mm-hmm. he's still got to sell the idea to the people who are Warner Brothers, oh, you yeah. know? So it's up to you to be able to give him the bullet points about you or the project that makes it easy for him to be able to go, oh, okay, I got it. Here's how I can like say it back to somebody else. There's, you know? there's an advantage. Like All of us have developed. I developed for three years before, three and a half years before I went and worked at BMP. There's an advantage to that. There's one thing you learn when you develop. Here's one thing that I figured out. When you go to pitch to a pod, a producer, a studio network, whatever, and you have that dope script that you really hope they would produce, what I've learned is, like you were saying, they're not planning to produce your project. That's your sample to show how you can write the project that they want to do. And once you get that out of your head, you stop trying to sell your work. Instead, you focus on how can I develop your work. And then you, when you get one sold and they love you, then you go, 
now I have this thing. But people try to do the reverse. They try to sell the thing that they have because they think it's ready to go. Instead of going, why don't you read this as a sample so that I could come in and now write the next thing you want. Now, every blue moon you'll hear about something happening. Stephen Canals, right? Who we all know, mm -hmm. right? With Pose, <clears throat> pitched his project to Ryan Murphy and Ryan just happened to have a show he was already trying to develop that, space, yeah. that he hadn't figured out yet and when if I merge these, I'd have it. Right. That's when you sell it. Right. Not when you walk in with, here's my show. It's rare. It's so rare. They yeah, already so rare. have, They ha we have 17 things on our slate. Mm -hmm. How are you going to come in past it? You can only you come, here's the thing. I remember talking with Anthony Sparks about this one time, and, and, and he basically said, he come at me with an idea. It has to be so good that it's going to eject the things that I want to do. Right. You know, and 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 that's hard to do. Or add to the thing you wanted. Yeah, to do. yeah. Or right. it's hard to do because you know exactly the kind of things that you want to do, and right. someone coming to you doesn't. They just know your name and you know X, Y, and Z. And it's like, how much energy ha have I put put in to get you know to move the inertia on these five ideas? And you come in, and you and you say, take one of those and, and throw it out and put mine in instead in that slot. It has to be like so engaging. You know, to to Anthony Crazy. on so many levels, like wow, this is like you know, like you thought about this, like this fits about. I, it's so many things. So it's like what you're saying is so true. Like, how do you get people to to be inspired by what you're doing? And it's usually by by you. It's like you, it's you know, you, yeah. it's you. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a sad. I meet a lot of people who um, think it's all about the writing. You know, and it's not all about the writing. No. You know, there's, it's, there's. I mean, it's not, it's not the discount. It's more about yeah, you than it, it is about yeah, the writing. It's, it's not to discount the writing yes. on any level. I mean, like the writing will get you in the door, but there's a lot of people who can get in the door, and then they're not good people. For and 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 that's an umbrella statement. It's so, like, hey, you, you can be a great person, but not good for my show, or you can be a great person, or or you can be a great great for my show, but a terrible person. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of different things that that fit that thing, you know, that you have to kind of like. I mean, but it's the thing I keep telling everybody, and you know this, Ron, from staffing shows yourself. You, when you get to that list of people that you love. You're calling going, yo, Chris, do you know this guy named such and such? And he says he was on your show. And no, absolutely. At, you have to figure out who these people are. So if they go, oh, man, he's a little suspect. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> he might have had, no he, he or she might have had the best script. They are now crossed off the list. I had to do that with yeah. somebody. I, um, it was a female writer. Script was amazing, mm -hmm. um, but I said this name is familiar, <laughs> <laughs> and I said let me Google, <clears throat> and I said, "Oh, we met at a party," Ooh. and she was so quippy, and what I was like, "This is never going to work," yeah, sure. you know what I mean? And then I, I, I was like, "Is it just me?" And I called up someone else, and they said, "Yeah, this person, you know, she's very smart, very mm -hmm. bright. Maybe she'll be a creator, but." You know, and I'm like, but. yeah. All right, thanks. Yeah. Exactly. That's all you need to know. <laughs> and so you hear but. I don't even need to hear an excuse. Just you say <laughs> but. It's so important. Yeah. Interpersonal skills, being kind. You know what I mean. And genuine too. If you're not a good person, like don't be a good person. Don't go out. 
you know what I mean? If you if you know like agreed, the, you know if you're if you're like I'm just about the work, right. you know what I mean? And parties make me feel anxious mm-hmm. and like I'm not myself. Right. Then you know you know you know what you, you need to do. You need to go for coffees and meet with people like that. Exactly. You know what I mean? One-on-one but like you come off, you come off wrong. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm not if if it's a TV show, this is a dinner party for the next twenty to sometimes fifty two weeks. You know sixty. Uh, I had sixty. So you had sixty. <laughs> oh, oh, you Crazy. you sitting pretty. You go and buy Crazy. us lunch. Uh, <laughs> sixty weeks. I would kill for sixty weeks. Uh, that's some good money. I know. Oh my god, he's buying us stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm still trying to get him to give me my money back. I ain't got that yet. So oh, okay, okay. <laughs> see how I, I get that. treated. See how I, get I see. Treated. I see how you get treated. I see <laughs> how you treat him. But it's it's. I think it's important. It's really important to be like good people because your yes. story carries. And I was gonna say something about what you said, Chris, um, about writers uh, in general. It, like when we're when somebody's they're buying you. You know what I mean? They they like you, and by like they say I relate. That's what the like means. Like I relate. I relate. I relate. Right. You know. Um, and they can see you solving one of their problems. And I think it also applies to actors. Mm-hmm. You know, it applies to everyone. You know, I was meeting with an actor that I'm going to be managing because I'm I'm trying to get all the right. money. I'm trying to get all the money. I was like, how look, many, I'll manage how many you. Jobs you got? Yeah, money. I was like, I'll manage you. We gonna get to where we're getting. You know what I mean? I'm get my ten percent. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, but I, hey, anybody can I'm be managed. Yeah, I was like, let me let me like let me help you. This is email etiquette. Let me help you. Right. You know, this is like this is how we do follow up. You know what I mean? Because you are an actor and you're wonderful you're beautiful you're all these things yeah. and people people want to feel like you meet with them they want you to, you they want to feel special as well yeah. you know what i mean so a little bit of a follow-up goes a long way mm-hmm. and then you also have to sell your story right um because you could be a good actor you might have potential to be great you know what i mean or you may not be a good actor yet but you sell me your story i say I'm here with you. Mm-hmm. I love you. I'm gonna ride with you, and we're gonna figure it out. Right. You know what I mean? And that's that's the part that some people don't get. It's like you gotta get, like when you have meetings, you gotta get to the emotional stuff. Like because I might only have tw- 15, 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and get right to it. Yep. Like sell you. See, make me love you. I. You know what? I. I. There was a woman who I talked with in 2020. She had read a script of mine. And she loved it. And she was like, I need to know why you, why you haven't been on this TV show. Mm-hmm. Let's talk it through. And we got to, I've told you, and we got to this point where she, I, where she asked me something about my script, but it was like 15 minutes. In, and we, and we, were, we were doing a role play. Right. Of, she's like, let's do a role play of like a show in a meeting. Mm-hmm. And we got like 10, 15 minutes in, and she asked me a question about a script. And I told her something. And she was like, what? <laughs> and she was like, you needed to say that in the first two minutes. Mm-hmm. And and the, and the, and she was like, the trick is, say the emotional thing about you, in the first two minutes, and it's got to come across as organic as possible, so it doesn't seem like you've like like designed this thing. You throw it away. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, you know, it has to come across in a way that, that you know, like. Oh, it's no big deal that I stabbed three people. You know, you know, my grandpa. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, look, you know, like, I stabbed them, but they all live. So, yeah, whatever it is, but you have to, but but you have to be able to do that because there's two things about that. Is is that one? You say something that you have that you know is interesting about you, and everybody has something interesting about them. It's just hard to kind of. Um, 
it's hard. You have to really step back into a self-assessment. Because the thing about me is something happened in my life, and I told I used to, when it happened, it happened when I was in high school. But I told people about it so many times when I was in college, and it's just kind of a story that I that I was like, oh yeah, blah blah blah, and it, and but then it got tired. Because like because I got older mm-hmm. and then I got new experiences that superseded right. that. You, you know? still were going way back. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. But it's something that most people were like, I didn't know that, and it just like so. And it's like people people sell themselves short. Yeah. You know, like everybody has a thing about them that's pretty fucking interesting. I mean, you have to because here's the thing: you can't really be a good writer unless you've like seen some things. That like something yeah, about humanity, yeah. something about humanity that was like that that stuck with you, and and you and and you kind of use those those moments about humanity like fuel whatever you're writing. I'm not saying that is 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 limiting to what thing you can write, but but like oh I understand this about people. You know, it's like you were saying about people's subtext and that, that stuff like that. Like once you understand that, okay, that's how that's how why people lie. Yeah. That's the interesting thing of, about what you're always going to be writing about. You're always going to be like trying to fit that into stuff. So, and it doesn't matter if it's a period piece, a science fiction piece, a comedy, what the fuck it is. So, you have to know about you, and and you have to be you have to be like honest. You have to be so honest with yourself and brutally and go, okay, why? Because I'm talking with a girl now. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like help her to get her career going, you know. And it's like, you know, and I just thought about something. Her, she's writing this interesting science fiction book, and it's a novel. She's adapting into a thing. She has this other thing about like the 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 um. It was like some. It was a street in Toronto that was like the like it was that's that's like the red light district and she has mm-hmm. this really fascinating story it's set, set in the 70s about that you know and I was like all oh, these are really really cool these are really cool but then she told me this story one time about her family mm-hmm. you know and I was like <clears throat> I don't know why you're not writing about this you know it's like it gets her, most it, people avoid what's right in front of them Mm-hmm. They yeah, but yeah, you know, but, but her family is like a it's like so many things are crazy about like her, you know, like she's now the last of her family. Mm-hmm. Both her parents are dead. Both her siblings are dead, and her siblings like and they all died in like these, you know, these crazy, you know, like and and they all died like you know like very prematurely and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know, and 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 every moment <clears throat> about going through the death of somebody, you know, like she told me like her sister died. Her sister had. Like like her mom was in the hospital for a cancer. Her sister had a different type of cancer, but it was in remission. Mm-hmm. But when her mom was getting some surgery done and she was there, her sister called and died in a in a, in a car crash. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 it was just like oh my god, like the the tragedy that all occurred around this thing. And I was kind of like. In my mind, I was like, she needs to write about that as opposed to these larger, huge ideas mm. that she loves and they're really good. But the only thing is, I know a lot of people who can fucking write time travel stuff. A lot. I mean, I got. I, I, I'll call my old boss who mm-hmm. do twelve monkeys. I'll do time yeah. travel thing. Why would I hire you to do the, the you know the, the the time travel thing? You never done it, yep. and it, and there's no success. But but. The story about this family collapsing and everything like that, and her and, and her brother, and, and then her her sister in law like cut her off from the kid. Just all this shit. I was it's like, she's usually sitting right in front of you. Yeah, and it usually takes time. For I don't know how many scripts this person has written, but it usually takes time for you to realize you have to be you. You have to write that passion project, and that's where it comes from. And usually, I'm assuming. Let's just assume she's under thirty. 
you get to be about 32, you start to go, who am I? Like, what, what type of things do I want to say? What do I want to do? And you start to realize, oh, my God, those stories about myself as a child are the things that make me one of it. So let me just ask you this, Ron. So you get into the Disney program? Is that what I did get into the Disney program. And then you got on the show. What happened to you after that? As you see, we're called the Rant Room, so we move around. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so when I was on the show, it's, it's called Speechless. Um, and it's interesting because it's my first show. I hadn't been anyone's assistant. I actually had a financial practice down in Newport mm-hmm. at that time. And so well, you had a whole I had a whole going thing going. But in order to be a part of the program, you <laughs> had to not be doing anything else. So yeah. I let go of all of my clients and everything. And I was uh-huh. like, cause I'm, a, I'm gonna be rich now. I'm gonna make cool. it. And so um, so I, I actually get onto the show um, and like, I don't know exactly where to sit. You know, I'm, <laughs> I immediately realize, uh, oh, this is a, this is gonna be an issue. Like, right. you know, I gotta, I gotta figure out like where to sit. So I asked the assistant, where should, where do you think I should sit? And he, he's, he was a script coordinator and he's like, that spot right there. And I was like, thank you so much. You know what I mean? Um, and I re- I should have sat closer to the door because I pee a lot. Uh, <laughs> I should have sat on the opposite side. But from the get-go, I was like... I oh, d- you just stayed where you were the whole time. Yeah, because... So it, we it was, move around the room. I don't know. See, you know, yeah. like in that room, there's a room full of showrunners. Right. That's why uh-huh. I like... I guess I pitch a certain way or give notes a certain way and right. some people feel feel kind of a certain way. But I was like, you got to understand, I'm in a room full of showrunners, the first month show, I had to like... I had to come. Ain't I had to no, put no up. Yeah, yeah, there was no playing. Like, yeah. I mean, I think five, five or six of the writers in there were showrunners. You know what I mean? Had other they had created stuff, and so I was like, I had to be on my game. You know what I mean? And uh, and so anyway, like that room was interesting because upper level heavy. It was upper level yeah. heavy, and they all had been successful. A lot of them had gone to Harvard, yeah. and I was the Dartmouth guy. You know, <laughs> uh, and. Uh, cut a long story short, I did really well there. Um, I became the person who was, who like I sold a lot of stuff, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Like a lot of the drama stuff because I'm the only drama writer in there, and so the emotional elements and stuff that I came, like I, they came to rely on me for that. You know what I mean? We're in a tough spot with story, and then I come with I was the guy that came with the other idea because That's I'm important. so different than yeah. everyone else, sure. right? And Were you I, the only black person? I was the only black person <laughs> in that room. There <laughs> was a Korean know? guy, you Ooh. know, um, and I tried to. You know, I was like, bro, come on. But that didn't work, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I was effectively alone. But that was, I was like, I'm cool. Like, you know, I, I, I've been in a situation before, but not so pressured. Um, and I think the thing that bothered folks was that, you know, they thought, oh, this is a diversity writer. And I'm like, right. you know, I was like, I beat out like 5,000 people to get this one slot. <laughs> what are you exactly. talking about? Of course, I'm going to be a good writer, but you don't realize it because you didn't have to go through it, right? You knew right. somebody, you're, 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 you're mar- you, you married a woman whose father was this big TV mm-hmm. showrunner who had like five, six shows, you know what I mean? So you didn't have to do what I had to do. You know, you didn't have to hustle. And so what they saw was like, oh, this guy, like he's just, he, he got in because he's black, right? Um, and so had to deal with that, you know, even the assistants, you know, one of them would uh, pass out everybody else's material, be like, why isn't mine staple? So I had to be like, I would be like, you need to staple this, you know? Wow. You know, I had to, I had to yeah. like, I was like, I will, I, I, got, I, I would basically ruin you. You know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> I, I, I play no games and, and all that stuff. You're not going to treat me any kind of way. Right. You know what I mean? And other people realize that you're not, you can't, you know, talk crazy to me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, cause I was like, you know, I can have this job or not have this job. And I was like, I'm selling stuff, you know? Um, uh, and so we got to October for that show and they want me back 
you know what i mean at this point i was like you know i, I know my value at this point in that room and i kind of like you know if we if we keep going you know i do want some kind of commitment for the second season you know because i'm like i'm serving it i'm serving you know and so they commit they're like yeah we're gonna really consider him for the second season we really do want him we need mm-hmm. him you know what i mean and so i was like this in the bag it's dope you know what i mean and you know my episodes did really well um and then i i realized that i was probably a danger of losing my job when i like i i ended up writing the i think it was like the 18th episode called cheater right and i uh every time you turn in a script in that room you sit down for the morning meeting everybody claps and so my script would turn in it was dead silent like wow. like nobody came in except for some of the upper levels like good job ron some stuff was funny or whatever but all the mm. lower levels, you know what I mean, or mid levels, mm-hmm. they have shit to say, mm. and so I'm like, they're just so wrong. Like they do me, the, do me this way, but I'm selling jokes mm. over you. Like I'm doing all kinds of stuff because at that point I'm like, I could be funny too, bitch. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so they don't like that. Yeah. The showrunner keeps picking my shit, you know, because we t- we're not putting any names on it, and I just be sitting there like, yeah, bitch, again, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm feeling some kind of way, you know, um, <laughs> because like I'm I'm proving them wrong, you know, and so um we get to my script i like and it's emotional right but that's what i was like i didn't want to write the emotional episode because i'm like you're asking me to make people cry and stuff like that but that's what we worked out so i was Mm -hmm. like we're gonna do it you know what i mean and a lot of that stuff we kept you know um and then when it aired this is this is when i was like oh i'm gone um uh so there was a review Mm -mm. that said uh it was I, I feel like I just watched Speechless's Emmy winning episode. Hmm. And it was like this delicious review. And I sat my ass down the next day and I'm looking around. I'm like, these motherfuckers jealous? Wow. And I'm not coming back or I'm going to have to fight. You know what I mean? And so a week before we're supposed to go come back to the show and I'm thinking that we're all good, um, Scott calls me up, Ron, I don't have enough money for you, which is yeah, okay. I'm like, yeah. all right. Um, and what sucked is like when you're at the time the disney program has changed but at the time um you only could earn the money like earn the money that they were paying you which is fifty thousand dollars a year which Mm -hmm. was nothing i live in newport you know what i mean at the time Mm -hmm. so but i had uh written an episode and a half so i made a little bit of money right um but not network tv thank god yeah network (laughs) tv and um, but it wasn't enough. And so I spent my savings in order to be on the show, right. right? So that put me between a rock and a hard place, you know, because my agents hadn't really put me out at all, mm-hmm. um, or my managers either. And so that summer, I'm like, I had to let them go. Cause I was like, y'all didn't, pre- y'all didn't ready me for this potential, like catastrophe. Mm-hmm. You put my family in danger. And it was 18 months before I got my, I mean, I worked in hustle, but it was 18 months before I got my, next like job in tv where i i was like um i called up well malcolm spellman um had uh got falcon and the winter soldier and uh he was like around i'm looking for a pa and i was like sending some pa people and i and their resumes because i'm always trying to help other people and then the next day i'm like i know i sent you these resumes but like i'm looking for more work you gotta ask yeah and i was like i don't care what it is Mm -hmm. I, i know i'm already you know, I've been writing for like at that point like 15 20 years mm-hmm. um and been doing stuff and had pilots produced and whatever but I was like I will go get your food mm-hmm. you know what I mean just let me in the room and I will provide staffing services whatever it is that you need you know what I mean just like let me just he, and he, he said Ron 
I appreciate that you're humble and I'm gonna make it work. And I was like, thank you, God. You know, and from do that, he helped me get onto Chicago Fire because I like, I did my job, you know what I mean? And I had no problems. I made it fun, you know what I mean? And I was helpful for him in the show. Um, and then I got onto Chicago Fire, you know what I mean? Which, and he was instrumental in introducing me to that team, you know, but it was a quite a journey because you, on Speechless and then even on Chicago Fire, Ron, you're the best staff writer we ever had. You know what I mean? So why 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 would you let me go? Right? right? Um because I make people uncomfortable because I actually do work. You mm. know what I mean? And I've learned that the only way I can really probably survive is if I'm creating, you know, and I have to and that's what I've been doing. It's like is there a way for me to circumvent the market? Write a screenplay that actually gets made, sell a show, you know, develop, you know, because the nature of like I I make certain people uncomfortable because I have it's not that I, I don't even have an ego, you know what I mean? I really don't. I just am trying to like help the showrunner and I stay focused on it. Mm -hmm. And part of that is because I have autism, yeah. right? I just stay focused on the goal and I don't get like the little things that people have. Like I, do, I, like, I just, it doesn't distract me, right. right? And like I solve the problem that we started with at the beginning of the day. I've been thinking about it all day and like by five o'clock, I figured out something and here's a structure to it and it works because you know I, did, I didn't let other things get in my way you know what I mean and so that that's been kind of like a, a thing that I've learned too it's like I, I've also learned that I don't have to solve all the problems mm -hmm. and there's a poli politics to that so mm -hmm. I, if you're not paying me enough to solve it I might have the answer right here but you're not getting it you know what I mean well, no, but see oh, okay but to see that's a very uh, it's a very interesting point the, something I'm going to talk about is like politics in the room, mm -hmm. you know, um, stuff that you can solve that the upper levels, you know, don't solve, you know, mm -hmm. and that becomes something that's, um, <clears throat> it, it, you know, so it's something that most writers don't think about, but you have to realize how you fit into the, the dynamic of the, of the show, right? You know, of the room. I mean, and it's like, I feel lucky that the the two, two shows I've been on, the rooms have been really, really good. Mm -hmm. But but uh, but I but I also <clears throat> tend to like get introspective a lot when I'm thinking about what's going on, and I don't notice a lot of the kind of like the, like the interpersonal jabs that other people have or things like that, and I'm just kind of like that's not what we're here for right. you know so therefore i mean there's this you know like some people don't want to check their ego you know mm -hmm. i think it's probably harder for ron his situation because he's working on a comedy show because in a comedy show everybody is thing about jokes is, is that jokes they typically come from people's their pain and their ego you know so so it's a little hard. so i think they take that i think they take that a lot more uh, seriously, even though it's comedy, than you do in a drama. But I also feel like you have to kind of like let things go, and 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 you have to know when to help people. And the thing is, is that people will get jealous of you. People will get jealous of you, uh, particularly if you're black. Um, you know, in these situations, if you. Uh, I'm not going to say outperform, but if you outshine right. them, you know, and, and the thing is, sometimes you outshine people, you know, and it's 
sort of like the default mechanism that you have because mm-hmm. that's how focused you are. That's how good you are. The, th- the thing that will drive you crazy as a TV writer, particularly, is that um, you meet people who are like who are like mid-level or they're upper level mm-hmm. and they can't really write. <laughs> you know and that shit really like bothers you because you kind of say to yourself how the fuck are they making you know they got mm-hmm. to this, this making way more money they're making way more money credit. you know like better credit and mm-hmm. they've and they've been in the business for long enough but they can't write yet mm-hmm. you know and it's and it just makes you go what the fuck is the thing now granted it goes back to that thing that I remember I mentioned this to you before about there are three kind of writers in a, on a TV show Someone who's good on the page, someone who's good on the room, and someone who's good in the room and on the page. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's up to you to kind of figure out, you know, like like where do you fall? Right. And then you got to improve the thing that you're not good at. Like just because you get on the page and 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 you're not the best in the room, right. you know, don't want to be a crush. You have to you have to you have to work on that. But take baby steps to be better at that. Because 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 when I started. I wasn't very good at like knowing how to pitch quickly, mm-hmm. you know. Be, and also, it's like there's an art to it. There's yeah. art to it, and also like you know, the room is going so fast sometimes mm-hmm. that, and because of the di- hierarchy dynamics and stuff like that, yeah. and you're like, okay, so <clears throat> I want to speak right now. But then the person speaking can be speaking and speaking and, and go, oh, okay, wait a minute, like here's a solution. Like some mm-hmm. some people, some people like they'll, they'll they'll talk it out and they'll figure out what's going on, like as they're talking. And if that's the upper level who's doing that. And and, and 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 you say to yourself, "I got the fix right now," but but they have the floor. You got to wait until they finish, yeah. you know. And then that person might there's an etiquette, yeah, yeah. And, and then they might solve the fix. So then you're mm-hmm. like, "Well, I can't solve that now." So what's the next problem, you right. know? So but and that's because you know there's those moments where that person does take a pause. People always take a little pause, and you have to figure out. That's why I can interject, you know. Mm-hmm. And you can't do it rudely. But you have to kind of figure that out, and that's something that I was not skilled at. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, in terms of doing it with etiquette, right. I mean, because I can interrupt you, like, oh, whoa, 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 shut up, shut up, you know, but, <laughs> but I'm not going to do that, you know. So, uh, so there's, yeah, there's a lot, you know. I mean, look, I, I remember when you got the job on on Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I was like, sort of depressed for you because I was like. You just were on this network show. I think you know you fucking like you wrote these. You know, you know there was two episodes you were part of. You know, and then there's I have to take this step back. You know, and I feel like you know like that's kind of the isn't that typical for I most mean, of us it, black yeah, folks? Well, well, yeah. I mean, it's typical. It's typical for that. It's it's typical for the uh, um uh, uh the, the the what do they call the people come out of the program mm-hmm. because that first season. The show's not paying for you, and then they're like, "Now I gotta find like this money for you," and they always use that. There's no they money do. for you as mm-hmm. an excuse, yeah. you know. And it's and it's like it's not. They can always find another fifty grand for some start. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. found three hundred for somebody. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they, they'll mm-hmm. find the money. Oh, yeah. So um, yeah, it's interesting to determine. You know, but it's but I think that's a it's a skill of like knowing the politics of it, and it's 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 interesting because you know I've been on. You know, I mean, on the on the equalizer, sometimes I'd sit there and I, and I'd listen to what the upper levels were doing, and you just kind of be like, they got to get through the the thing, you know, like the problem because mm-hmm. of because it's there's there's always that thing where it's like they want to do it, and 
they feel they have the right to do it because they've put in their dues and they have the, the like the, the credit and the money and all mm-hmm. that shit that you know that, that gives them the right and you just kind of have to say all right I'm gonna let you do it you know I'm, 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 I'm gonna sit here and wait 10 minutes and, and, and you know for you to figure it out and, and it's not like I'm being smug about that it's just that's it's just that everybody approaches story problems differently yep. and sometimes they can come to you know like it's a quick fix for you sometimes it take two days for you mm-hmm. you know it just depends on what it is and then, and then conversely, the thing's taking you two days. It might take you know, like Ron, twenty minutes. Yeah, every you know? every ri- every room has a writer in the room who is just the idea. They just yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. You you see those people. I remember I used to sit and watch you guys in a room, Ron, mm-hmm. <clears throat> on Zoom, and I would just just watch and see like who. Like I'm always looking for people's superpowers to see what it is that they're doing in particular, and I would catch be like, oh, I like how. I gotta do that. Oh, Sonya stepped in. And, oh, Ron said that. Oh, Jim, Sam, whatever. You know what I mean? I'm just watching to see dynamics, you know, to see what it is they're doing and stuff like that. But the thing that I find interesting about what you're talking about is there's a way to, like I tell younger writers this all the time. When you get in a room, like you said, you don't. They don't expect you to come in and pitch every five minutes. Mm-mm. But as you always say, you should have at least one thing to say. Every right? day, one thing. At least. And, but if you're really smart, what I do is watch Anayana, for just using as an example in the, in the room, and watch how she pitches. And I would literally write down what she wrote on the side and listen to the rhythm of how she does it. And be like, oh, she does this, or he does that, whatever the fuck the way it is. So that when I come in, I sound like I'm elevated like that. Right. You know what I mean? Just as an example, you know, and, and you'll see that those people are the ones who always get shut up on the board for whatever the reasons are. And that's the person that I lean into when I go, mm hmm, I see how they're doing this. I see the things that, 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 that they connect to. If I could connect to it too on the thing that I am my superpower, like my, I focus on this character. They might focus on that one. That's the other thing we talk about a lot. The, the, the writers who are lower spend too much time trying to find what's the story for Cross mm-hmm. instead of what's the story for his daughters and, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and them. Those are the people who need some stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, and so yeah. that's the thing that I'm always doing. Let me, they haven't even gotten to them yet. Mm-hmm. So let me already be up on that shit, you know what I mean, so that I have some pitches for them, you know what I mean? And then it looks like I have all this stuff that I've already been anticipating. You know what I yeah, mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, is it, I mean, I mean, the th- thing you were saying, Ron, about showing people out on the room, you know, you know, effectively embarrassing people on, on, on the show, right? Because you were like, <laughs> I'm got the ideas and the solves and you don't. I mean, I, I remember one time, I remember one time on Star Trek, like Terry said, when I said something and, and, and he was like, Chris is my favorite person in the room this week. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, now. You're in trouble. You're in trouble now. You're in trouble now. Like, I mean, like, Nobody's going to have lunch with me now. <laughs> Put the rope around my ear. You know, exactly. I was like, shit. But it's like, but because you have to be a little, um, uh, yeah, there's that moment of like other people's egos, you know, mm-hmm. that you have to be aware of. And the thing is, you don't expect people to be such dicks because. It's not their show, like it's the showrunner's mm-hmm. show. But you know, but but they're trying to curry favor, you know, like with, like with him or her, mm-hmm. like for whatever reason. 
Um, and to me, it's uh, uh, to me, it's, it's kind of like just do your job and perform right. I mean, he or she hired you yep. for this. There's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, sure you can go above and beyond, but you don't have to be trying to undercut other people or be mad that someone else is getting stuff on the. You know, I mean, particularly for you at that time, because as the staff writer, you're not getting paid for the ep- you know, an episode. So it's like, I mean, shit. What the fuck? You I had know? no dog in the fight. You yeah. Know what I mean, I'm like, I'm trying to help everybody. But yeah. what I learned, there are two, a couple things I learned, right? Um, one is that I'm in it for me. Um, <laughs> I used to be like, I'm in it for everybody. but I, And I would amplify others. But I learned that you don't amplify me, I ain't amplifying you. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, because you're going to, it's like, it's an abusive kind of thing. Right. Because when I need you, you're not there. You know what I mean? And that gets back to politics. Or if it's like a, like, you know, um, I've also learned that, like, there's a, like, I might get fired. You know what I mean? And that's okay. So, I want to be the best I can fucking be. You know what I mean? So if that means you get bulldozed over or whatever, not so be it. You know what I mean? Because I may not be here, but because that's been my experience, Mm -hmm. right? And so I want that show earner to hire me back or introduce me to somebody else, right? But like they may not, right? So let me just do the best that I can do. You know what I mean? Because like playing this politics things, like sometimes it just hasn't worked in my favor, you know? Um, And I I wish I was, uh, sometimes I wish things were just, people would see me a little differently, you know what I mean? But that's just the the, the case. let Let me ask you, talking about the politics and the ego that you were talking about a minute ago, Chris. How did you end up working with um, with Ben in any way? Yeah, so I was on Chicago happen? Fire, um, and then the two head writers who are now uh, running the show, and there's a whole story about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they uh, come into my office and like, Ron, you're you're the best staff writer that we've ever had here, and you're amazing. But you know, we want to do something different next year, and we found out <laughs> that we're going to be the showrunners. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, okay, you know, um, I just I packed up my stuff. Mm-hmm. I even I wiped down everything. I was like, you can't even have a fingerprint of mine. <laughs> and so, I mean, I'm telling you, I cleaned that place out, uh, and I, I wiped it down. <clears throat> and so, um, I got a call um somehow that week and from malcolm and he says ron ben needs someone to help him run his company and i was like well i know i'm not coming back for this show and they still pay me through march and like ben's gonna be um doing god soldiers at hbo Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i'm down to help him out you know what i mean set meetings whatever i don't care it's extra money cool Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and so for a week because his son was not going to be his assistant anymore uh, showrunner assistant his son Blaze he was going to go be a writer's assistant you know what I mean and I was like that's great I can help him do what he does and um, so I started helping him with his calendar and I'm seeing like the development slate and stuff and I'm like oh I see how I can be very helpful to Ben you know help him like you know there are other there's certain material that I'm like oh there's a there's it can be made different you know what I mean and then the stuff that we actually kind of can get like I, I think since we do I mean IP is a thing then maybe we try to really look at people who or uh, collaborate with people who have IP um, to cut a long story short uh, after a week the pandemic hits 
And I'm so glad I had said yes. Um, um, and because now I'm working from home and I'm not sure how I'm going to get my next TV job. Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing that Ben and I, we work well together. And I had no, I had been tracking Ben. He just didn't know it since he was on burn notice. Cause one of my, our best friends is, um, like he worked with one of my <clears> best <throat> friends in the industry and mm-hmm. who happens to be one of his best friends in the industry. And so, um, I had known about Ben, uh, for a long time and, uh, we've been trying to meet you know and i said this guy is going to make it and so i want to find a way to kind of get there and you know it took i want to say eight years before ben returned my email um (laughs) you know but like i got like i have found that he like me likes to mentor and help people um like you know as he rises he likes to pull as much as he can you know and so we created a mentorship program and then artists yeah um well the breakthrough artist is one thing but we had a mentorship program before before. yeah where we were trying to help you know um black men in particular find other black men uh, in the industry to confide in and talk to about like the nuances in the room and how to move up how to get staffed and stay staffed that kind of thing and from there we finally met in person in his neck of the woods Mm. um and we said we're gonna like we made a kind of like a, 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 a pact. We spit in each other's hand. No, I'm kidding. But it was something like that uh, where we were like, okay, so when you get something, then um, then you'll help me. And then when you get something, I'll, when I get something, I'll help you. Right. And like as he's rising, I'm help, I'm following his tail. And then when he when he starts to go down and I'm rising, then he call up, call me up and be like, Ron, I need a supervising producer role. Is there anything you can do? Like, and that's going to be how we do it. Right. And so, um, it just so happened that we really kicked it off. Um, and then, uh, we started working together. I think it was like two, almost three years ago. Um, and like, we really did shore up development, you know? Um, and I'm very, I'm a no, no, no kind of person. He's a yes, yes, yes kind of person. <laughs> and so, um, it, like, we would go back and forth about, like, Trust what me. we, what, <laughs> what is going to be on the slate. Like, because I read it, I have to read everything first. And right. so I was like, it gets through me first. You know what I mean? And I'd be like, no, like, it's too much work. This person's not ready or it's going to be too much. It's like, it doesn't, a lot of times I was like, it doesn't fit with where I see you, you know. Um, and now, I mean, I think that was helpful because now he's got three shows that are greenlit, you know, that, are things that I was there day one, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, and there's just certain indicators for success when working at Amazon where he took the deal that I had did the work research on, like he didn't independent of what he knew. And I said, all right, so I need to somehow manage up and get him to make the right choices, you know? Uh, and so he did, <laughs> you know, um, and that's how it, it all started. And um, then fortunately, one of the projects that we had or, like toiled on, Amazon calls up and then wanted to do a green light. And then I got staffed into that room. And that was like the best uh, situation um, because I was like, I had read all the books for uh, Alex Cross series and um, I, I knew all the characters and stuff. So I was like, I'm very excited to be there. See, it's interesting because, you know, like, Ben, like, really helped me out in a really uh, uh, pivotal way for me, too. You know, like, I had, I, I, it's funny, it's like I had gone to this panel, um, it's a panel on TV pitching, and uh, it's at the Directors Guild Theater, and he was... And, and he was on the panel and he said so many fucking cool things about 
how to pitch. Now, he was someone that I knew, too, because I knew Al- this guy named Alfredo Barrios, who was on Burnos with him. Mm-hmm. And he kept saying to me, you should meet this guy. You should meet this guy. And, uh, you know, and then I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it just so happened that the next night, like I was, you know, like, so Ben was on that panel. I had his email and I hit him an email. I said, I just built, I just gave him a copy. I love what you just say, blah. Because I knew the next night I was, I was meeting him at the guild through one of those, like, those speed date things, right. you know. And he was like the last guy that I got to meet. And then they, like, were cutting it short. But he and I just, like, we just talked for, like, it was only like five minutes. But he's such a very personable guy. And he said, look, let's just sit down and talk, have coffee sometime, you know. So we went and did that. And I was just telling him about where I was and what I was doing. And, <laughs> and he was like, tell me who you want to meet. And, you know, just like, like figure it out. Let's yeah, talk about that. We do, right? Yeah, you know, and then I will see if I know them. And then I will like, and he, he has this phrase I love. He's always like, and then we'll set the table on that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, dude. I, and, and, I, and, and, like, and like, I had to figure out what he meant by that. Because he said a couple times and I was like, what is he saying? And I want to ask him what he means by that because it seems a little like self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, I was like, I'm, here's four people that I want to meet. Um. And he was like, I know him and I know him. Mm-hmm. And it was uh it was um it was Jeremy Carver who runs uh Doom Patrol mm-hmm. and it was um Jonathan Noah, you know, who's doing Westworld. And he was like, Yeah, I know, I know I was like, Shit, okay, let's get this meeting, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and they had read this script of mine and they and, and both places, it was uh, like like Lisa, Joy and Jonathan mm-hmm. were like, We love you, we love you, we're going to meet you. I mean look they always want to see how, how you are as a person sure. after they read you, you know, and I had a great meeting with them and a great meeting with like with Jeremy. And, and I mean, and he told me I, it, he it's weird. It's like people come up to you in the meeting and they'll say, I want to develop something with you. They'll just bring that up because they because because they kind of feel something about like how you are, who you are. And it was just a, it was it was this was this is what this is right before I went to. Uh, um was it before I went to Savannah? I can't remember when exactly. It was, maybe it was right before. Oh, before you went to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, yeah. So it was like, but it was just helpful for me to like get this kind of response from people that I really found um, uh, who, who's like whose work I liked. Sure. You know, because it's hard to find people whose work like that you really like and then they're really cool and then they like you too. You sure. know, like, it, I mean, because mm-hmm. it becomes a good oh so here's where I'm starting to build like relationships that are going to be not just like I want something from you or you want yeah. something from me it's like I just like you as a person you know and that's the thing that I like you know I, I remember I, I was telling Ben afterwards I was like dude that was like such a great meeting I so appreciate you doing that and he was like no problem man just let me know and then, I mean look it's it's the thing I mean we, we talked this like offline just a little bit it's 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 rare to find the people who will want to help you you know who will i mean and actually take action a lot of people say they'll help i'll give me a call blah, 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 and then they kind of like disappear or they don't follow through and, and you know it's never happened to ron oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know i mean look i mean it's 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 great you know i mean i mean like i'm super happy for ben's success i love that he's doing the alex cross stuff because i you know i read two of those books before i really like we're going them. into week three you, you know I didn't necessarily. Shooting the production. Yeah, I, I wasn't necessarily. 
a fan <clears throat> of the Tyler Perry movie. I thought it was for some reason I thought it was going to be Idris Elba. There was talk that it was going to be Idris Elba for right. a while. That would have been better. And then he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And then and maybe because it was I already was okay though. I haven't seen it, so I'm not even going to speak on it. Well, I saw it. It's not you know. There's a lot of things that are, but it's like I don't know if he's the. He's no Morgan Freeman, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, it's yeah. Tyler Perry, if you're listening, I, I wasn't. That was not a quip at you at all. Like hire me. For That's something. what I'm saying. That's what I was like. No, never mind. Let me take that back because I, I haven't even seen this. How I'm gonna speak on? It. No, because I hate. I hate when people speak on shit. And they they, they haven't seen it. it. No, I but, hate it. but the, I, mean, I mean, here's the thing. He's not a bad actor if you put him in the right role. Right. I just don't think oh, he's he, good. Yeah, yeah. The, he, because. Because like he was great as that attorney in Gone Girl. Oh yeah! Oh yeah, my yeah, god! Yeah, yeah. That was like you're yeah. amazing. Yeah, he's yes. fucking fantastic. So yeah. you put him in the right. I'm not saying he's a bad actor at all. I'm just saying I didn't buy him in that role as being like the. As, you know, there's like a there's a there's a there's like a world weariness you kind of need mm-hmm. to be a detective like that. Right. At least that's the way that for me reading just like one or two of the books. They're usually uh, more weathered. They're usually yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not. This is bad, but it's like he has a lot of money and he yeah. looks a little pampered, yeah, you know. Right. And so therefore, very clean, yeah, but yeah. Like everything is, yeah. you know. I'm not saying that you have to look like you know that you're Denzel and John Q. Mm-hmm. Israel, but you know, but but I'm but I'm saying that, so it's interesting to see that. You know, so I'm glad to see that Alex Ross is like is moving forward. So you know, yeah. we'll see what's happening next. So yeah, it's been it's been it's been a fun experience. I mean. I, I put a lot of things aside to do it, as you know, and but I have no regrets in the context of it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I feel like I've learned a lot of things that that are just making me more prepared for when I have my when my company keeps growing. You know, I'll be even better. You know what I mean? And of course, as you know, having the position yourself, the amount of people you meet is just ridiculous. I'm, I'm at lunch two or three times a week with somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just crazy. Um, so that's been really good. Uh, in that context, but um, and then really happy to see the two new shows that you know that start next month. You know, and we'll see. And um, you know, Morgan Freeman finally gets to see his show. I know, you know what I mean. Great. So that's I love working with him. That's that's the cool thing, you know. And you know, like working with Laurie and Liz over at Outlier, like they're just so smart. You know, Laurie over at Revelations, just super smart. Like just learning from them and hanging with them. Oh yeah. I mean, you just can't. And I, I, I actually developed a show for Lori uh, a few years ago too, so I know her pretty well. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a fun experience for me, though. You know, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, it's it's weird. It's it's like the development track is such a. Um, uh, it's such a. <clears throat> it's frustrating to 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 a lot of degrees. But when you meet people who have insight into what you are trying to do in a way that uh, that that makes you that makes you go, wow, I didn't think about that. It's really uh, you know, there's there's always a lot of whatever like uh, vitriol and rancor that people talk about working with producers and yeah. development stuff like that. But when you find people who are who are really smart and and just clever and and can talk to you about your and take passion in your project. Sure. You got to really, really, you have to love that. I mean, there's a woman I met who uh, she used to develop for this Oscar-winning actress, and I had 
got a chance to meet her and I was like can you read a script of mine and she read it and uh, the tattoo thing mm-hmm. and you know she she gave me some really fascinating notes that I've been working on off and on the last like two, two three months just slow with because of my health healing um, but I had dinner with my buddy at MGM uh, around the holidays and he was asking me because he read the script and loved it too and he was like oh, what's going on I was like well, this was happening, and I, t- I told her about, I told him about what she had said to me, about the notes, and 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 he said to me, write her name down, stay in contact with her for the rest of your career. Definitely, mm-hmm. you want people like that who are in your corner that you can turn to at, at just at any time, because 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 he yeah. because should have sent her a Christmas card. Yeah, there was, there, <laughs> I mean, there, there was, there, I mean, because like it's it's. It's like you find two different fans of your work, you know, and mm-hmm. then they and and then one person says something that makes the other fan go, "Oh shit, I didn't see that about the script, and I fucking liked it." Yeah, and so it's kind of like it's 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 the thing that you want to do, and it sounds mm-hmm. like you know that's the cool thing with uh, you have with the the revolutions people, Dude. you know. So Ron, uh, so what's next for you? What you got going on? I know you're developing. You know, shit like that. What's, what's I'm developing um, a ton of things, and then I'm working to try to get staffed on another show. Right. Um, so that is. You've been having good meetings and stuff. Or? I have been having great meetings as far as development. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't like we. It's early in the year, so um, we have been sending my, my we. I mean, my reps mm-hmm. and I, because I, I hustle too, um, sending stuff out to the few shows that are. Um, hiring right now mm-hmm. um, and so a lot of, a lot of them we're waiting to hear back from um, but in the meantime I'm trying to um, I'm developing a show that we're, we're going to try to sell to CBS um, a medical drama mm-hmm. um, with uh, a couple production companies I have another show with Halcyon Studios that's um, uh, epic um, fantasy mm-hmm. um, oh, is this the thing that I, I read Hannibal? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a historical fiction. Um and so doing that and then I have a show um that I wrote it on spec um after I had pitched it around a couple of times and I was like, you know what, people aren't gonna necessarily see it because I want it to be funny and this idea. So I wrote the spec uh for a show that um I'll I will I won't say what it is, but um but like it's it's super dope and have it to a few people, um um some black showrunners but then also a producer who's not black and who's moving so if he wants to do it we're gonna do it um and then also what i'm doing because i believe in uh pulling as i rise like this there are a couple things i've I've decided to do this year one i said i'm gonna do a documentary film Mm -hmm. um because i want to I'm yeah. in post on one right now. Oh, that'd be great to talk to you about it because I was like, I I've never done it before. It. <laughs> yeah, I've never done it before. But um, there was a story that I just was like, they want to do a series of this and the other. And I said, there's no way and I'm not interested mm-hmm. in doing this. It's going to be too hard. Nobody wants to do sexual trauma, this and the other. But um, the story needed to be told. So, I was, you know, eventually I was like, let me help you do this then. Okay. But I say, I see it as a documentary. And then um, I also started, uh, I said, one of my goals this year was to help a an actor achieve uh, a, a role that changes their life. Ooh, you know what I mean? Um, and so whether or not it takes me a year or two years, whatever, mm-hmm. um, I, I put my focus on one particular person uh, who I believe has like an extraordinary potential. Mm-hmm. You know, needs a little about a little about a little. Were you, think, were you able to get them an audition for Cross at all? 
I want to. That's what I'm working on now. Um, I'm working on that now okay. um, because I, last week he was like, "Can you can you be my manager?" And I was oh, like, "Oh, this is just recent, recent." This is like, yeah, I started I started doing it in December right okay. before I did my resolutions, and okay. I said, you know, I looked at the, all of his material, and I'm like, okay, how do I like help this person? Mm-hmm. You know, and like I I was here till midnight last night. Uh, I started working with him around noon yesterday, and. Mm-hmm. We work till midnight, you know, um, rehearsing things, coming up with a strategy for his career, all this stuff. And I do this not just to give up my time, but to invest in this person because there are certain things that I'm really good at. And it's no skin off my back to help you, like, learn how this is what an email is. This is how you want to follow up. You want to do it within 24 hours. Let me help you get some templates together. You know what I mean? That stuff as well as let me let's do a strategy. You know what I mean? Let's talk. These are the areas I want you to really focus on. And what are your thoughts? I'm like doing all that stuff as well as rehearsing. Like, here's here's my script. Here are a couple scenes. We get another actress in here. Let me walk as I direct too. let me walk through this with you. Let me see what you got. You know what I mean, um, and all that stuff. We did like you know, I, like it's it's crazy that. Um, and so uh, I want to elevate this person, and if I can do it once and do it well, then that mm-hmm. means I can do it again. For sure. You know what I mean. So the next time I may be able to do two. You oh, know. That's um, good. So that's that's one thing. As I said, you know, I'm always has, has has this person been in anything? Have they? Do they have a strong resume? Or it, you just see a lot of potential? No, he, he has a he has a, a like he's a dancer. Mm-hmm. He is he's been in a lot of music videos. Um, as far as that goes, um, he has he's a model, so he's been in a lot of like magazines. So he's got a good look. He's got a great look. Yeah. He's from New Orleans, not New Orleans, but Lafayette down mm-hmm. in Louisiana. So he has that that look. Yeah. And then he's at a, a great um, acting studio. So um, I, he is learning the craft of it. But he's been here for five years and doing that. So and I see, oh, like this guy, he is yeah. emerging, right? And if I get him, cusp, you yeah, get if him, I yeah. get him now, then what if he becomes a Morgan Freeman? I'm set for life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is what I'm I'm thinking. You know. Um, Okay, so here's the thing. Since you're doing this, there's a guy that I want to introduce you to. He's a he's a he's he's a he's a model friend of my brother's. He's half black, half Italian. He's about six three. Mm-hmm. He's about like my complexion. He's he, and he's acting. I mean, like I've seen him do some uh, self tapes or some stuff, you know. And I'm like. He needs someone who can really shape what he wants to do because, like, I think he can be a uh, a successful actor. Like, you know, like you know mm-hmm. that you know that guy, that light skinned guy who was on Bridgerton. You oh know? yeah, yeah. Like, sure. so he lives. He's in that. Yeah, okay. yeah. Like, so he, he's in that realm. I just and he's. It's just like you need a little pedigree. You he, need a little. Yeah, you yeah. need to know how to tell this story. Some he, people he, say, "I want to help you." Yeah, you know what I mean. It's that part where I'm realizing, oh, like that's just not in your bag, but like. It's in mine, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and so why not help this other brother? You know what I mean is how I approach it, right? I mean, and look, I, if like you if, look, if you have the time, I mean, yeah, no, no, yeah. I, I have the time. Well, I don't say I don't have, I, don't, I definitely don't have the time, you know what I mean, <laughs> but I make time. You know, like I was selling, yeah. you know, like I, I mean, I, I spent all my day Saturday, you know what I mean. But on top of what I did there, I was like, you know, I want to help writers who are lower than me, 
like rise faster. Right. You know what I mean? Because I've been doing, I started a nonprofit. We've merged. You know what I mean? I'm trying to help everybody. Tell us everybody what it's called. Well, my, my nonprofit was called The Parody Project. And now we merged with Black TV and Film Collective um, a, a year and some change ago. And you're a, a board member of that mm-hmm. um, or an advisory board member. I'm a board member. Um, and what we are doing is like helping people not who not only like, screenwriters but directors editors anybody who is in this industry in film and tv some powerful people like some very, very yeah we, we want we want to produce content you know mm-hmm. what i mean we want to help you know we had um we produced six short films that are in all kinds of festivals you know provided the money we're helping the producers we're helping you know we want more producers you know we want more money for sure no. yeah yeah <laughs> but like you gotta get involved in you know what i mean um and so it, it like you know that that's that that's the essence of who I am. I, like I, I want to elevate the the lot of us and like have it be ha, have our experience here in, in Hollywood help other people who are across the globe who may not have the access that we have or the education or whatever. Right. Because sometimes the best stories are from those people who don't necessarily yeah ha, have access to or opportunities to go to USC or UCLA or whatever. But they hear the right thing. Right, and it's combined with their story, and then all of a sudden, like that kid who didn't go to college at all is like running a room. You know what I mean? Because that's 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 what that excites that excites me. Because when I think about you know people where I'm from, like we're talking about Hay Tai, it's like there's just not no act. There's oh, excuse me, there's not any access. I'm about to say there's not no access. You know, <laughs> there's no access. You know, um, to 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 things. But like you have you you are valuable. You know what I mean? And it's that poverty, it's that system that's designed to keep you down and keep like that generational poverty that I am, it's the demon that I'm here to fight. You know what I mean? And and that's what I'm doing, whether or not. And I, I came to TV because I wanted to, I think it is like the best way to make sure that some, that you, you it's the best way to change minds, right? Because if I can get- It's you, immediate. Yeah. If, you, if I can get that racist guy to see me mm-hmm. through this story and not be so racist, I've done my job. Right, and so um, that's why I really came here, you know, because I said this has the most power to change the world, yeah. right? Um, but <clears throat> let me just finish what I was saying about the other three writers that I'm I'm focused on. So I said I'll co-create and co-write something, and maybe we'll go out. We're working to try to come up with. Uh, we're working on the pitches to go out and sell. Mm-hmm. Right, one's a comedian, one is an actor. Who does like he's a host for Ebony Ebony Magazine and all that stuff, you know. Another one, uh, he is he's in graduate school at Harvard right now, but he's been in China for the nine last past nine years and doing all kinds of stuff. But like the, these three people have a story and a talent that I said, all right, let's do let let, let me meet with you mm-hmm. and let's develop this thing together. You know, have story sessions with them. I'm teaching them the craft one-on-one you know what i mean and like you have this great story but now i'm going to say this is the character arc we're going to do this external thing we're going to develop this pitch like this and we're going to get paid to write this you know what i mean um or whatever you know but by doing this i'm i'm what's in it for me i think one of these things can sell which will pay for the other two Mm -hmm. that don't you know what i mean and but there's going to be a next There'll yep. be a next and a next and like it, it'll all work out. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think it's not, I, I'm being selfish in a way. It's, I am being generous, but I'm also being selfish because there's something for me to gain, you know, but it also helps me say, all right, I have a huge well, slate he, of my own. Well, here's the thing. It's not that you, it's, it's, you know, I listen to this guy named uh, John McWhorter a lot. He's a, a lot of people find him controversial and he is, but he's, but he's a linguist. But the interesting thing is it's like, is there a p- particular about in, 
is about diction and what words you use. And it's really not that you're being selfish. You're doing something that's benefiting your own self-interest. That's not. That the is same, a difference. That's not the same. I want to say selfish. that, but you, yeah, I'm gonna say yeah. that. I'm doing something that benefits my, my self interest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because because you know, I mean, because because ultimately, it's like, okay, yeah, sure. I mean, look, you know, why do something and get nothing out of it? Mm-hmm. You know, like even fucking like you know, um, these damn philanthropists who throw money around. They get something out of it. They get their name known and shit like that. Okay. It's not like, you know, there's hardly anyone who's given a lot of money and doing it anonymously. You're doing, I was you know about to say, the only people I respect are people who do things anonym, anonym, that word. I can never say that shit. <laughs> anonymously. <laughs> That's it. Let me ask you this right quick before I let you go. Okay. I can't let you go without talking about this. How did you, what made you decide to turn your body around? How did you get involved? In oh, we want to talk you about something passionate. You inspire uh, me. Love, so, right? I love oh, bodies. So, yeah. just so people know who don't know Ron. Oh, please. They he, follow him on Instagram. He's, shirt all off. He poses. I gotta do it. I gotta step on next, baby. Look. I'm waiting for Pumping Iron 3 okay, starring look. Ron McCants. Exactly. That's what I'm waiting yeah. to see. Because I saw the transformation like yes, like in too. real time. Yep. And I was like, this motherfucker needs to be in like a Marvel movie or okay, some shit look. like that. Like a stuntman <laughs> or a villain up here whooping ass or some shit like that. So that's just, you know, I'm just gonna say that. Yes, yeah, so what started me on my journey. I actually started working out like at 18 mm-hmm. um i was just, it started before then i didn't know I was, i've been told my all, all my entire life oh you're you're clumsy you're not good at sports uh and uh you're uh, not that i'm weak but like <laughs> this is not this, <laughs> no, this, this, this is not your area mm-hmm. and it turns out i'm fucking strong right i'm actually really good at sports like, you give me a basketball oh, really? I, yeah like and i hadn't touched the basketball in like 20 years and i can make a half court shot oh, you yeah. know like consistently you know and oh. i had some friends of mine i was like ron i think you, you had the wrong career <laughs> like i was like no but my dad and everybody was like you can't do it because i broke yeah. my arm you know what i mean in football <laughs> I, I can knock down the i was like in seventh grade, I can knock down the biggest guy. Right. You know what I mean? But I broke my arm, so I was like, I guess it's not for me. But that's because I believed in all the negativity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so uh, they said, you're smart, just focus on that, right? And so I got through high school, and I'm 145 pounds. I was like, you know what? You know, I don't have anything else to do. Let me figure out, because uh, I'm going to go to college now, so let me get bigger. And so that's what started me on my journey, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so um i was i read a book and i was like okay i'm gaining mass and i was like i can do this like i can gain mass and lose mass i was like this is i didn't know this and um but fast forward you know to i'm 32 33 mm-hmm. um and i always loved bodybuilders right um like from the from the time i was like little i saw when i saw arnold in um uh, the terminator Terminator, oh, Terminator. Okay. When I was like, you know how he comes down, and you're he's like, yeah. massive, like he's, he's massive. Like, 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 whoa, that leather jacket. Is that? And then the first nude picture you yeah. ever think you ever see, you like, but I see my body there. I, that's right. I, I was like, I could see I myself. Could do that. I was like, I can see. That's what I look like, you mm. know, as a little kid. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm not. It's like it's just like you're not as a kid. You're not thinking nude or whatever. You're just mm. like that's just the body, and that's mine looks like that. Right. You know. Um. And I said I want to do this, and so Bill Grant, Serge Nubre, all these people from like the 60s and 70s, those are my idols. But then in the 90s, it became like like Ronnie Coleman and stuff like that. And I was like, I don't want to do that, mm. right? I was like, that just looks they crazy, were like super it's huge. Like, I was like, you're, no, I don't want to do that because it didn't look. It's like yeah. you're ugly. You want the natural? Yeah, I was yeah. like Frank Zane. I like, I want to be beautiful. Mm. Frank you know? Zane, look at yeah. him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
If you're going to get in it, you no, got to learn mean, who, no, who's no, who. No, no, but look, I mean, look, I totally agree. I, I mean, look, I feel like those guys from the pumping iron era with Arnold and a little before that and like Joe Weider and stuff like that, like those guys really – um, I think they inspired multiple generations of people, you oh, know, yeah, throughout the 70s, oh, 60s, yeah. 70s, and 80s. You know, the, the, you know, there's definitely there's definitely people who are too big, Argue. for sure. But I still think that there is a um, something about being able to like you can redefine your own mentality by how you redefine your body. That's one hundred percent. And you know, and, and it's and, a lifestyle. Yeah, it's you a, can't. It's, it's not a, a lifestyle. Diet. You gotta, it's, it's not a diet. Yeah, it's, it's not a lifestyle. Every day. It's the discipline of doing yes. that every day. I mean, sure. Mm-hmm. You have your cheat days. You got to have your cheat days. You, but see, you, like, mine but, is different. See, but, these cheat days, people don't understand. And I'm going to get on Instagram and talk about this. And then I'll finish all the story. But, like, <laughs> a cheat day is, is like, you know, you've it's been a, eating it's all a meal. It's, a it's meal. not all day. It is a meal. Yeah. And, but you've been all week, you've been eating 2,100 calories, right. right? You know, but that was seven meals. You eat, like, and I'm full all day, but it really was a lot of chicken, a lot of fish, a lot of beef, right. a lot of vegetables, and a very little bit of rice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, or a little sweet potato, but like, you count it all up, it's 2,100 calories, 2,500 right. calories, whatever, whatever. So when I get to my cheat day, it's because I ate all fucking week and I want to break from right. eating. Yes. Like, I'm like, I, I'm going to have my, my breakfast. It's got low carbs, whatever, but like, I need to go get, I need to go cook and whatever. But like, you know what? I'm going to give me a McDonald's thing, but that's yep. 1,200 calories. Right. You yep. know what I mean? I add that I don't got no more yep. you know there's, what I mean I'm, no it's still 2100 calories so it's a cheat because I'm like well normally I have seven what meals. you ate is the cheat not yeah. how you did yeah exactly I'm like I know that yeah. I don't have to eat or I can't eat three or four of these meals right. today that's the cheat it's yep. like it's to make my it's life easier. one meal it's right. one meal that's like covers yeah. me for all the meals I'm usually having to eat right give yes. my mouth a break that's what people don't get. They'd be like, yep. I'm just cheating. I'm going to have the, the yep. a donut, whatever. I'm like, bitch, that's not what that is. Yeah. Like, you don't understand. <laughs> you don't get it. You know what I mean? But like, to answer your question originally, I was 32 in 2016, the uh, they introduced a new category called Classic Physique, which is modeled after the guys that I loved. And I said, I'm going to do that. And so I was. That's, that's an all natural thing, or yeah. It, well, it's not all natural. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> trust me. But it's a uh, <laughs> you need you need some things. Right. But um, but 2016, it's like it's it's more natural. Like people don't be doing all the steroids right, and right. all the whatever, whatever. It's like the focus is on slim waist, like the aesthetic. It's a beam, you know. It's beauty building right, essentially. Right. But um, so I said. But at that point, I was like, I'm super skinny because I was skinny jeans were in. And I had lost a lot of weight, so I can fit in the skinny jeans because that mm-hmm. was fashionable, you know. Um, <laughs> Uh, and I said, all right, I got to get big. And so that's what I did. You know what I mean? And it's I got trainers. I got this, that, and the other. And I competed in my first competition in 2021. You know, um, wow, I, was like I thought this was years ago. It that's, took years to get though. there. Yeah. It took years to get there because yeah. you have to build the muscle. Yeah, sure. So you build and then you lose weight and you're like, muscle that's not right. Muscle, yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm always been pretty good at sports and weightlifting. That's like a thing. But like. You have to build and then cut, build and cut, build and cut, build and cut. And it took till like 2018, 2019, where we like, we have, I, for my size, right. I'm 5'11 and a half, you know, to the max in this category is 212. Like, you can't be like 200 no. and competing against these guys. You're not going to ever yeah. win. So that's what I mean. Like, if you're 160 something, which I was, I had to gain and lose, right. gain and lose. So in order to get up to the amount, right? Um, and so that's what, like, I, I finally had, like, 
uh, the aesthetic, the size that I was like, I can compete and I can win. And that's what I did. You know, but it's not about winning. It's about making, I want my body to be in like the best that it can possibly be. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I told my coach now, I was like, it's not about a competition. I want to be be vibrating on all the levels, you know, body, mind, spirit, all that stuff. That's what this year is about. And when I hit 40, I might go pro, but that is not the mission here. I just want to (laughs) look the very best that I can, mm-hmm. right? And then get my pictures. I'm, I'm working with a photographer. I was like, we're going to do some nudes. It's going to be great. You know what I mean? It's going to be great. Wifey's like, yeah, do that. She don't care. She don't care. She want me to be fat. She likes to bake, you know, so. And I, I was going to ask you, have you inspired the family to start no, taking No, my wife, is, she is so fit and like, it's ridiculous. It's, for her, it's natural. Right. It's like, oh my God, like she has the, the waist of an eight-year-old, you know? It's like, it is always going to be like that. You know right. what I mean? She doesn't, she's, she's an athlete, you know what I mean? So Genetics, she, right? Yeah. Her, mine and is, is like, And this is after I, having two kids. So it's like. Having crazy. two kids, yeah. yeah. And you know, so yeah. it's great. Yeah. But thanks for asking. That's, I'm something, that, I'm passionate about it because for writers and creators in particular, I think it's important that you dedicate time for your body yep. because it forces you to be away from your computer, forces you to do art because bodybuilding, like honestly, is an art form. Right. Um, it's an art and a sport, you know what I mean? But it's, I think it's more art than anything um, because it's, you're building an aesthetic, <clears throat> but it allows you to write in your head, to create in your head because you're you're literally pumping iron and yeah. you're you're thinking, you're writing in your head, you're listening to music, and if you've been having a hard day trying to figure out a thing, a lot of times what it's I'm doing, it, like, it, yeah. it goes away, yeah. and then I can I have the idea. You, know, you solve the idea. There, there, I, I don't know how many times, like, right before the pandemic, because I haven't done it since the pandemic, because I'm, cause I'm, I'm afraid to do this now, is um, I would swim whenever I would get, like, so, like, like I always kind of get up early and try to work until around lunch, and then after lunch, I eat and then I'm just like it's always like the day's gone. <laughs> well, it's no, it's, it's I can't. I hard for me to focus. So around two thirty or three, I'll go to the gym, you know, and I would usually sometimes just swim, you know, and you know, you know. Except now I'm I'm lifting weights and stuff like that. But like, but it's just so like if you go on a walk, like you'll get like you'll solve the idea. Yeah. Like the, the it's like changing the, the environment. It's like the, the hormones you release, whatever it is, yeah. is help you figure this shit out. And it's it's just, and then also it's good for you because there's, you know, the the, the thing they say, uh, someone was saying this the other day on one of these weird channels I was listening to that um, uh, sitting in a chair is the new smoking. Yeah, you know, because I it's totally about that. It, 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 yeah, it's yeah. true. It's like yeah. go wash the dishes, go clean the bathrooms, mm-hmm. go do some yard work. Like that, that's what you should do. Go do here's something a, else. Here's the interesting thing that I'll let you go is uh, like. Before I was with Ben, I would go to the gym in the morning, get here about 11.30. I set my alarm for 45 minutes. I write. 40, my alarm goes off. I work out for 10. I take a break. I start the alarm again for 40, every 10, every 45 minutes. Oh, lovely. I do something. It's just like a superset. Super set, super set. I've shrunk, I feel like an inch because I'm not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. And now when I go in the gym, it's like for like 20 minutes and I got to get to the office or whatever. So I've lost... My whole system is off. You know what I mean? But but you know what? But do? I still I'm still in decent shape though. Yeah, you, are. you know what I mean? But I should be 
I'm used to being like a little an inch more, you know, with something. I feel like I got 12s. I had 14s before. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you look good. That's what thank matters. You, you. That's what matters. But it's a lifestyle because I still, you know, I still will jump up and just do push-ups or some sit-ups in the middle of the day. But it's not like I'm our normal. It's not every you know, it's just minutes. so many things, you know, well, so see, many things I, are happening. I think the thing know? about it you're saying is like the, the, it's the writers and creators, it's the discipline of it. You yeah. know, like I feel a lot of people... Um, I feel there's a lot of writers who mess up because they don't have discipline. Like I remember someone the other day was on Twitter was talking about asking writers like, "What do they do?" Because I spend a lot of time like on Zillow looking at houses. I'm just like, you know, I ain't even trying. Or people are like reading the trades. No, no, no. But this is a woman who's like sold shows and had a couple shows on the air. I I know exactly. You're talking about, and I'm just like, you got no, you got no routine, you got no discipline. How are you getting shit done? Because the the thing that like I don't like to do. it's the like it happens a lot anyway, but it's like to spend all fucking day in the computer. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Like, for sure. all, like, just, I, I just don't like doing that. It's just like I'd rather. It's hard to do that unless there's something really pressing it, whatever. But and did you see that that changed after you staffed in a room? What? Or, like that you want to be away from the computer? Or is this been something you always done? Well, it's you know, it, well, I'd say it's after I got staffed in the room. Because, yeah, because that's what happened to me too. I was like, especially when you're on a Zoom in a yeah, room. Well, yeah. yeah, but 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 the thing is, is that when I wasn't on the room, it's like I felt like I didn't have. I felt like all was free. Like oh, there's 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 30. It's, a, it's desperation. Yeah, and I was like, I gotta, I you know, I there's time, there's time of the day I do this, time of the day, and now I'm just like. Okay, I don't need to you know, be there all the time. You right. know, it's not that helpful. You know, and it's like you know, people have to learn that earlier. Yeah, yeah. That you got you got to step away, you step and away. like and give yourself time to come up with the thought. You know what I mean? You're not going to solve. But that's it in why front. I change. That's why I work out every mm-hmm. 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, mainly because just like you, I'm doing three things at once. Mm-hmm. I'm, I can't just do one project at once. I can't. Mm-hmm. I lose interest in it in like an hour. I'm like, eh, <laughs> what else? <laughs> it's just how I, my my attention span is like. Okay, I need some. I need to go from the zombie thing to this 1800 thing. For me, I'm like, <laughs> I only want to do one thing, but like, I am compelled to help these people, and I have to do this. I have to. I don't want to. And that's that's what, that's that's my lot in life. I'd be like, I don't want to help nobody. You know what I mean? But I, it's I in it's it. in you though. It's in you know me. What I mean? it's I think in it's, me. it's 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 in all of us to to help and encourage and you know the. Yeah, anyway, well, that's a whole nother story. Well, thank you, man. Thank y'all for having me. I really I appreciate, appreciate you it. coming having through. you on. Great having you on. Driving all the way down from the OC. Yes. You know? It was great. And the new, brand new, beautiful ass house you got up there. Oh, that's a proud of you. It's gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I hope I can keep it. Yeah, borderline yeah. envious. <laughs> I gotta get a new job so I can keep it. You, Look, can, I heard uh, that. Yeah. you can keep it. <laughs> I can. That's gonna be some work. Mm-hmm. We'll see. It's always work. Everything is work if you want it. It's too easy. You're like, ah, we're gonna slide. <laughs> so, where can people follow you? You on Instagram, Twitter? Yeah, anything? you can follow me at uh, Ron McCann's Junior on Instagram. That's the best place. Yeah. Or the same name at TikTok, but I'm mostly yeah, on Instagram. Okay. Feel Tick- free to reach out, messages or He's got kids. Of course he's on TikTok. TikTok. Okay. <laughs> TikTok. Yeah, TikTok I'm learning, but there's not yeah. enough money on TikTok apparently. So um and I'm gonna be increasing my social media profile. So yeah. we're gonna focus on Instagram first. There's there's I know what I was gonna tell you, I'm sure you've seen them. There's some guys that I follow that are bodybuilders like you that will do these things like where they'll they'll the cameras on them and they'll point at a muscle and then they'll show you like how to hit the mm-hmm. right angle mm-hmm. and then they'll like there's some where it's like somebody's working out and they'll look at them and they'll walk over and be like no not that way 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love, love that. it. It's yeah. so cute, though. It's no, I it love really, it. Well, yeah, because it helps I, you to get your form together. Well, you know I, I, mean? I think the thing that you know what I've noticed is, you know, you might not get the immediate gains that you want because you've got to master the form. Oh yeah. Oh, you that's know, oh, it's, it's awful. You know, and when you see people like. It's the same for writing, actually. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, like you were saying, like, uh, I, I was sitting there all the time writing all the time. You know what I mean? It's That's like lifting. I'm lifting heavy weight all the time, but I'm not seeing you results. You had to learn the form <laughs> yeah. and the structure and the craft. And you said, oh, I don't have to lift as much to get the results. Um, or I don't have, like the same thing, yep. I don't have to write as much to get the results. What I need to do is know the form and think. Yeah, right. so it's the same thing. That's mm-hmm. why I like the two. Mm-hmm. Like the, yeah. the, the one, the body teaches it's, the mind. Point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. for sure. Where are you at, Chris? Uh, <laughs> I'm at unauthorized CBD on Instagram and Twitter. Um, anything new that I wanted to say is coming up. Um, comic book is coming soon. Oh, dope. Nice. A comic book is coming soon. Awesome. Awesome. That's what's up. And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. Uh, also on Instagram, Facebook, wherever. Same thing. <clears throat> Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, Anchor, whatever you guys listen to. We're all over the world. You can find us out there. What else we got, Chris? And you can support the show at ScreenwritersRR.com where you can find a link to our Patreon page where you can support us at $1, $2, $5, $10, or there's even a custom feature. So like whatever you feel is great. Um, and then, Get your T-shirts. Yeah, you know, our, and, and our platform, we host on Anchor, so you could go there. This is on Spotify. You can directly support the show through the Spotify link. Um, and we, you know, and if you got questions, and just there's a, there's 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 a contact us on the uh, website too, screenwritersrr.com. Indeed. And we would appreciate uh, just you know interaction, engagement, like just what have you. Yes, sir. Awesome. We're moving into Black History Month next, next month. Jesus Christ, we came fast. Mm-hmm. Zoomed. Anyway, joining me for 2023. You guys know how we do it on the Rant Room. Thank you again, Ron. Appreciate Thank you. you. You know how we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2023. 2023. Peace, y'all. I'ma say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Rant Room. Till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed In the rent room, we let that shit up off our chest You never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the rent room